0: Can you take me down just a little bit? Check your head. Yep, good. That's good right there. Well, thank you so much for being here this morning on this Father's Day. Uh, Today's a special day. We're going to spend some time in the, the front end honoring fathers Um, and the interesting thing about that is we did this with Mother's Day. Usually what we do is we have the men's ministry take care of Mother's Day and we have the the women's ministry take care of Father's Day. I was the one who basically spoke about moms because our men's ministry is in the making but today we have the women's ministry which is my mom and Kayla who are going to get up here and kind of help us honor fathers today And then I'm going to say just a little bit, some stuff afterwards, good stuff, so don't worry about it, okay? Um, But I'm just going to give the mic to you, Mother. And Kayla, you guys can come up here and whoever else you would like to help. Let me get this thing off of mute. Here we go.
1: I think I'll stand on this step, since I'm short, and then I can see everybody. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Um, I was looking at what father means in Greek, and the the root meaning had, had three words attached to it. Um, it was to nourish, to protect, and to uphold. And... I I just found that to be a very deep meaning for a father. I I think about my own dad and how he would have done that. Now, okay, since the dawn of mankind, Adam and Eve, thank you very much for taking a bite out of the apple, we have all failed to come through for our families in the way that we would like to 100% of the time. It just doesn't... happen. But there are many things that we can look back on, whether your dad was great, whether your dad was a challenge to you, whether uh, good or bad. There are things to be thankful for. I remember a a time when I was a little girl. um, I had to be less than five because of the location this was. And I was sitting on some steps with my dad, and he had his arm around me We were watching and listening to this thunderstorm, crashing of thunder, lightning, and it was scary. Um, But I was sitting there under my dad's big arm, and that meant protection for me. And it's like the visible or the, uh, it's that real life memory that I have that um, is like God's wings over me. And I can be thankful for that no matter how many times I perhaps feel like my dad failed me, I at least still have my dad and I can go talk to him. And um, he, in fact, just went through uh, open heart bypass surgery and is still with us, for which I'm grateful. Um, but in, in Philippians, I, I just want to read one scripture because I think it's, it's key for us. For you as dads and for us as people in general. um, As we have uh, an influence on those around us and those under us. Um, Philippians 4. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever are things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. And the things... You learned and received and heard and saw in me, which is Paul. These do, and the God of peace will be with you. And that's that's our role model. So, happy Father's Day.
2: Um, happy Father's Day to everyone out there. Um, what the Lord just put on my heart um, was... Uh, me just reflecting how much he's been my Heavenly Father. Um, My dad's been in and out of the picture, and it's been definitely like a a challenge, like Vicki has uh, described. But on the way to go celebrate Father's Day with my dad, um, the Lord just reminded me with... The little time that I get with my dad and the little time we talk to just really enjoy that time and just bless him and love him, even though he's done a lot of things that have been hurtful, Um, and in my mind, he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve forgiveness, but uh, I was talking... Someone uh, very wise was speaking into my life uh, last week. And um, he says, your father in heaven forgives you every day. So you need to forgive your dad. It's a daily thing. And um, he, the Lord has just taught me to honor my earthly dad um, and love him unconditionally. And it's been hard, but um, the Lord has just really walked with me and reminding me that he's constant. Jesus is constant. He's not a father that's going to run off. Um, that he loves us and loves each one of us so dearly as his children. Um, but happy Father's Day to all of you. And I just wanted to say um, a prayer for you. And if you guys want to pass out, we have tools. And what are they called? Seven layer? Seven layer bars. Bars. If you're allergic to walnuts, just, you know, what's in there. So, don't we need?
1: This is the technique. They're highly caloric. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But if you break it in half first, then all the calories evaporate and it's like free.
0: Yeah. So if you're a dad in the room, can you just stand up for us? Stand to your feet, please. Let's give these men a round of applause. All right. Now, I know you guys got helpers. Go ahead and just, you know, pass them out. Stay standing so we know who's who now. And. Okay, we 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 like to get you a gift. It's a tool. We're not saying that you are a tool, okay? We're just saying, hey, here's something to help you with the honeydews around the house. All right, it's good stuff. So, if you are close to one of these fathers, can you just put your hand out, extend that to them? We're gonna pray for them right quick. Uh, Kayla's gonna lift up that prayer, but we just wanna cover our fathers in the room. so, yeah, let's uh, go, ahead. go
2: ahead. Lord, we just thank you um, for all these fathers, Lord, that are in the room. Lord, um, I thank you, Lord, for just continuing to build them up um, as mighty men in you, Lord, that they will stand noble and tall, Lord, um, as you've called them to be, Lord, that they will walk, um, Lord, as godly men and and have you as their foundation and look to you constantly. Um, And I pray you will just shower your love on them, Lord, um, your righteousness, Lord, your mercy and your grace, Lord, that each one of these men can walk in in grace every day. Lord, um, I just thank you, Lord, for just provision in each household, Lord, that there won't be any lack of that. And Lord, we just honor you and thank you, Lord, for being our Father and being steadfast, Lord, never leaving nor forsaking us. And we just say um, we love you, Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. One more round of applause for the fathers. Thank you guys for doing that. we are going to jump into Romans here, and I'm going to do the best I can to get through this because we don't want to not honor fathers, but hey, we've got to get to the scripture, right? It's good stuff. We're, we're going to be starting off the ch- uh, chapter 6 in Romans, verses 1 through 7, I believe. And I'm going to continue to kind of talk a little bit about fathers in between this message because you, if you see the title, it's kind of interesting destroying habitual sin. The thing that we do over and over and over again, we find ourselves in the same place saying, how did I get back here? Why is it that I'm still in this place and still doing this stuff? Whatever the stuff is. What is spoken in verses 1 through 7 is a response to a statement made at the end of chapter 5. Very potent statement. Paul basically says this, at the end of chapter 5, in verse, uh, verse 21, it says, excuse me, verse 20, the law came in so that the transgressions would increase, and then it says this, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So basically saying to us that where there's more sin, there's more grace. So does that mean that we just go sin and sin and sin? Because we know there's going to be more grace and grace and grace? Well, what the word is saying is that there's no sin that can outdo God. But that does not give us license to just go sin so that we can see grace abound. Does that make sense? Paul, in verses 1 through 7, is about to respond to that in a sense, be out in front of everybody's thinking. Respond to anybody who has the mindset of, well, I want to see God's grace abound in my life, so I know the grace is going to be there because that's what the Word says, so let me just go ahead on and go sin, and I'll be all right. With all due respect, that I mean, pff, that's so far from the truth, it's ridiculous. There's consequences to sin, right? Amen. So just because we are in the Lord's unmerited favor, which is grace, does not mean that we are not subject to the consequences of our decisions. Hopefully that came out right. Sounded better in my head. Does that sound? Yeah. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? Okay, encourage me this morning, alright? <laughs> I need that. I need that. So, that's where we're at in, in the Scripture. Let me read the Scripture and then kind of give a little bit of an introduction, and then we'll, we'll jump into some things here that, um, that are very, very serious when it, when it pertains to you as fathers and you as future fathers, future mothers, families, all of that stuff. But specifically, fathers, there's something about what you do that affects your kids. And I want to bring the reality of that this morning. Not only do we want to honor fathers, but I want you to understand how serious a position that you hold in your family. Uh, You're responsible for everything that goes on in your house. All of it. But here's the scripture for this morning. It says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life." For if we become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. And in verse 6, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is free from sin. Now again, this this title, Habitual Sin. If I I could give you the remedy for that, would you want that this morning? Would you say, Alex, if you have the answer to habitual sin, and sin wouldn't be habitual anymore? Kind of redundant? That's okay. Would you accept that? Would you want it? Yeah. See, I can only convey it to you. You already have access to it. I'm not the one who is the holder of this and is going to give it to you. But the word has opened up something for us today that says here is what will destroy this in your life. And it's very, very, very potent. It's very real. You, you see in these scriptures, verse 6 is kind of like the, um, I don't know, it, it drives this whole Message You can read 6 and then go back up through the verses and it makes more sense. It will begin to speak to us uh, the seriousness of what's in here. Again, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is free from sin. Now the very first part of this Scripture. It uses the word knowing. Now, I don't know if I've ever expanded on that word, but it's an, intimate, it's an intimate word. There's a difference between knowing things up here and knowing something right here. So as we go through this, I want you to, to understand that I'm trying to appeal to the heart. That if you don't capture this in your heart, and it simply just stays up here in your head, then it's going to mean nothing continue to be in this sin. And it goes on and says that our old self was what? Crucified. Right? Dead. There's death there. Now, I remember, uh, well, let me just say this. In, in my profession, I deal with a lot of birth. It's great. All right. Dedicating babies. We got babies in the back right now. The, everything that happens from the time that you're born all the way up until the time that you die, and then there's, there's death. I deal with that a lot. There are times where you step into a situation where you're dealing with death, but it's not connected to your family. And therefore, it's, it's not disconnected. But have you ever heard somebody tell you, or ever had somebody tell you, look, so-and-so passed away, and, oh, I'm sorry. And you, you, you're genuinely sorry. You give your condolences, but a week later, you're really not thinking about that right? But when it's connected to your family, it's different, right? Something that you think about more often. See, we can take this issue of our Savior dying for us, and it can be that, oh, I'm sorry, let me give my condolences, but a week later I'm not even thinking about it. And why am I not thinking about it? Because I'm in the middle of my sin that is what? Habitual. See, the Lord is asking us for, to take his death. What happened on Good Friday? And take it past yes, Jesus died, but then yes, he rose. I understand the fact. We understand the fact that he rose, that there was resurrection, okay? Do you know that in order for something to be resurrected, it has to die? Do you know that parts of your heart need to be resurrected? Guess what? Parts of your heart have to die. Does that make sense? So, if I'm Habitual in my sin. Something has not died in me yet. However, I want to jump to the cross-reference real quick before I get too far into this. It's Colossians 2, 20. Uh, uh, yeah, 20 through 22. Should be... That's my fault. should be 20 through 23, but that's on me. It says this, If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which all refer to things destined to perish with use? in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men, question mark. These are matters which have, to be sure, the appearance of wisdom and self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Basically saying, I do everything I can to keep myself away certain things, but I find myself doing the same thing. The only thing that can keep me away from continuing in this sin is not only closeness with Christ, but it's how I am close with him. And how I am close with him has to do with my not knowing that his death took care of something, but knowing that his death changed my relationship with sin. Catch that statement. Changed my relationship with sin. Uh, Are are you with me this morning? See, I had a conversation with somebody this week. Hey, let's keep each other accountable. Awesome. Accountability partners are great. what happens when you both fail? If we can't be accountable to God, then something's wrong. If the fear of God is not in you, then something is wrong. That doesn't take accountability partners and throw them out the window. No, see, we need each other. We got this whole vertical relationship. We got to have the horizontal too. But I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, if we're not accountable to what Scripture says and who God is within Scripture, then we've missed it. And what does God say about this relationship with sin in Scripture? Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Hopefully, I'm not all over the place, but hey, sometimes the Spirit just takes you. All right? So I'm going to go back up to verse 1. If we can get that back up here. And we're going to work our way down to verse 6 and 7 again. And kind of break this, break this down. Again, it says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul puts this question out there. And his response says, may it never be. Almost saying, let that perish in you let that thought die, don't even go there with it. May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? I know I'm saved because I prayed the prayer and you know I agreed with the Lord, not only in my head but in my heart, that you're my Lord and personal Savior. Come in and be my God. And prayed that prayer when I was five, something happened. Okay. As much as a five-year-old can understand what's going on, rededicated my life when I was 13, now I'm in it. All right, I don't question that. Why do I still live in sin then? If it says in this verse, how shall we who died to sin still live in it? And the, the way Paul answers his question is something that we cannot miss. He starts talking about baptism. That's, to me, I'm like, okay, that's weird. I don't know why you would go there with it. But he goes on this rant about baptism. Now, what is baptism? What, is, what do we see about baptism in the Word? Baptism, the, uh, the, the Greek translation of that, that word is to be immersed or covered, consumed by so in the Word we have what? Water baptism? We got baptism by the Holy Spirit. We even see in some scriptures being baptized in suffering. <laughs> so you're com- completely immersed and covered in water. That water baptism is a representation of Christ's death and resurrection, something that we um, publicly proclaim. That's, that's, that's why we do the whole baptism. Um, And then baptism by the Holy Spirit, being totally covered and immersed in the Holy Spirit. And when you're covered and immersed in the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit come out. That's, you know, a sign, hey, Spirit's here, right? But being covered and immersed in suffering, all right? That's a tough one. But it's the suffering of Christ, all right? Uh, We can suffer because of our own stuff, or we can suffer because we claim that Jesus is our Lord. Does that make sense? So, we're taking this word, baptism, and we read it in this scripture, and it talks about being baptized into Christ's death. Or, and this is verse 3. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? So what does that mean? That means I have been totally immersed Covered in his death. What did he go to the cross for? What was the purpose of him dying? To take all of our sin and completely wipe it out. So you're telling me I'm completely covered and immersed in my sin and all sin being wiped out. See, do I know that or do I know that? Because if I know that here, it becomes more of an emotional, I don't like using that word, but it hits home more. You find yourself not doing things that you used to do because you say, look, he died for that. And it's not just another statement. It's not just another easter thing to say. Or to say something, hey man, he died for you, but he rose for you too. Do you realize what he did when he died? He took the thing that we're gonna do tomorrow or after church, <laughs> and said, I'm going to wipe that away. You guys with me this morning? Being baptized in his death. Who? I talked about death being something that we kind of become numb to. But when it hits home, it's real. It's one thing for me to think about somebody who's passed away And in the last moments of their life, let me say this, in the last moments of Jesus' life, it says that in that moment, he who knew no sin became sin on my behalf, right? He took every single sin and put it on his shoulders and took that to the grave. Those people who have passed away in my life, in the last moments of their life, they didn't take the entire embodiment of sin, put it on their shoulders, and take that to the grave with them. Right? No one has ever done that. So, do you catch where I'm going and where the word is going with this? To be immersed and covered and connected, and here's this word, to identify yourself in the death of Jesus Christ will destroy habitual sin. To identify yourself in the resurrection of Jesus Christ will allow you to walk in the newness of life. Are you with me this morning? That's what the next part of this scripture says. (laughs) Um, Yeah, after verse 3, verse 4, says, Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life made a comment basically saying in order for there to be resurrection, there has to be death. In order for there to be newness of life, something that was old has to be put to death. And I'm not talking about put away. Because I put a pot away in the cupboard, I'm going to pull it back out. I'm going to use it, right? So I'm using this language because it's language we need to be using. It needs to be put to death, gone, so that this newness, everything that Christ has made you to be, can walk, can live, can affect a community and communicate to that man next to you and that woman next to you, that friend, that family member, that whoever the case may be, uh, show them who Christ is. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Right? do we take his death and just mull over it like, yeah, we know. (laughs) Do you? Does your life show it? you want to destroy habitual sin in your life? Not sin more because you know grace is just going to come? Realize the, the seriousness of what being baptized into his death means. Amen? See, I don't want this to be a, hey, uh, let me beat you over the head with this scripture. I'm not trying to make it uh, like a heavy Sunday. However, I believe that you guys want life. I want life. We can go through all of the Gospels, um, major, minor prophets in the Old Testament. uh, Read all the history about the Israelites. I can give you One, two, threes, ABCs, acronyms, up and down the wall, and we're going to go out and we're going to do the same thing. Really, honestly. But what makes it real? Very simple. Because you uh, accepted Christ into your life, this is what you stepped into. And know that this isn't some unattainable thing. (laughs) That's the glorious part of it. I don't have to be weighed down by my habitual sin. But I'll tell you what, when I know in my heart what he did for me, there's certain things I'm just not going to do anymore. That's the difference. That's it being made real. Amen? Now how I kind of wanted to tie this back to fathers and your, your, your importance and your role Verse 5, For if we have been, become united with Him in the likeness of His death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. I'm just going to read through this. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we will no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. You know, I had the wonderful privilege of the very first year that I I took over. Um, I I was contemplating whether to go through the book of Romans or the book of Nehemiah. And through confirmation through people, we went through the book of Nehemiah first. And here we are back in Romans. But in Nehemiah, the first chapter, Nehemiah is informed on the state of affairs in Jerusalem by way of his brother. His first reaction is one of Weeping, fasting, praying, getting down and talking to the Lord. Within his prayer, you see a structure in how he prays. And he does something in his prayer that I think is uh, pretty pretty potent, something that I think fathers in here need to understand. Uh, All men in here, we need to understand this. He doesn't go off onto this, oh please, oh please, let it be better, send me there and I'll fix it. He gets right before the Lord before he makes any petition. Within his petition he says this, I confess the sins of my fathers. I confess the habitual sin of people who I haven't even seen. The sins of my fathers and my forefathers. Now, if you think about that, we are dealing with Adam's sin. Every human being is. I preached on that last Sunday. So it's, it's obviously a biblical principle which Nehemiah addresses in his prayer. And fathers, I want you to understand something. What you do is going to affect not just your kids' kids, but generations to come. So how important is it to, de- to handle habitual sin? <laughs> it's real important to handle it right now. Because if we don't, it affects people. If you look through uh, Daniel's prayers if I'm correct I always get Daniel and David messed up. I think I'm talking about David and then I say Daniel. Daniel has some prayers. He does the same thing. He confesses his sins and the sins of his forefathers. So females in the room, are we exempt? I don't think so. But if you are married Lift your husband up. If you're waiting for that man, pray for him before you meet him. If you're, if you're waiting for the family, pray for the family that you want so dearly. Uh, but what you do right now is going to affect them. Not only on a negative sense, everybody in here has got these sad faces right now, but I'm saying in the positive as well fathers when you're on your knees for your kids it shows mothers when you're praying for the fathers and wives praying for your husbands and even kids us praying for our parents man that, that works that goes a long way that's the newness of life being uh, also baptized in his, his resurrection. Are you with me this morning? My dad is crazy, all right? If I'm half the man he is, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Making up my own words and all kinds of crazy stuff, you know? Um, so, are you guys, does that make sense this morning? Amen. You want to destroy habitual sin, you, you you let yourself rest on being baptized in his death. Because that's where it was destroyed. And you let that be real in your life on a day-to-day basis. And my goodness, watch your life change. Watch the humility you walk in. Watch the fear of God that you walk in. Let's get our, uh, our worship team back up here and we're going to get ready to close and take up up our, excuse me, take up our offering. Yes. Lots of vows in there. Lots of vows. I don't know how the Lord would want to administrate or facilitate the end of the service. However, I do know when the word goes out, it shouldn't return void. And there might be, I know, not might, I know there's people in here who want to get out of this habitual sin. If that's something that you want prayer on, then let's pray. Who else are we going to go talk to about it? You don't take a bike to a lawyer to get fixed. He didn't make it. That's what this song says. You take the bike to the one who made it because he knows everything about it. I'm not going to take myself to some self-help book. Some other person's opinion on the word I'm gonna take myself so far deep into the word of God that in order to get to me you got to go through him does that make sense if you want that if you want to step into that if you want to cross that line today and say I'm done with the habitual stuff then let's pray on it let's talk to the one who made you because he's got the answer amen let's come up here and, and, and take this as we close this morning Father, thank you so much for uh, just the opportunity to have this day. We thank you for what this day represents and, all, and not only represents life, Father, in the simple fact that you allowed us to wake up, but the fact that we get to honor our fathers today, the ones that we have, the ones that we may have lost, and, and, and Father, maybe the fact that fatherhood is coming for us. I know I desire that. I know other people in here desire that, Father. We want to give everything that we have to you. Our emotions, our mind, our hearts. And Lord, in this time, it's a time of giving. So I just pray that what is given now can bless you. And it comes with a, uh, just a heart of joy. And that's it. Lord, you search our hearts. But bless the offering, Lord. Bless this time. Open up our hearts to, to reconciliation with you knowing you beyond just the thought we love you we thank you in Jesus name go ahead and pass that That you got to lay down. Why don't you come lay it down? Why don't you just be obedient to the to the Spirit today and just say, Lord, I'm done. I'm done with the habitual sinning, the slapping you in the face, the saying that the death wasn't as potent as it needed to be. Uh, so yeah, let's sing this. And if you if you need to, if the Lord wants to do open heart surgery right where you're at. Let Him do that. You don't have to come to the front. I'm just saying if you if you do, definitely wanna get some prayer with you. So let's go ahead and we speak to you right now, you hear us. And Lord, there's there's confession, there's repentance going on in the room, Lord. God, I thank you for that. I pray that you take us one step further in the intimacy and depth that you're calling us to. Father, we would have courage enough to step into that and step into it. Because we know that you're already there. It's not like we got to step into this stuff alone. You're standing there with your hands, arms wide open, just saying, just one more, just one more step. Any step closer to you, Father, is worth taking, no matter how hard it might be. So, Lord, I I pray that we would be comforted this morning. And knowing that even though if we have failed as individuals, as fathers, Lord, you have never failed us. And it's not only Father's Day for us to uh, honor and uphold our earthly fathers, but Lord, uh, Father's Day is different. We don't have a heavenly mother. We only have a heavenly father. And therefore, we say thank you. Thank you for being that Father who's never left, who's always showed up, and is always 100% invested in me, in us. Father, be with us this morning as we go from here and and hang out with, with family. If so, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You guys are free to go.